Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Bridge Hunters Chronicles News Flyer for November 12th, 2023. I'm Jason Smith, and in this week's podcast, it's all about politics, as a couple of bridges are the limelight for the fight for their futures, as well as the politicians who are campaigning to save them. One of the fights has gone as far as the Supreme Court. Those stories plus more as we present you with the following headlines. Options being sought to replace the historic bridge in California. Historic bridge in Bradford County, Pennsylvania expected to be replaced. A nearly half a millennium old bridge in Scotland repaired after an accident. An Argentinian president's campaign promise on restoring and reactivating an historic railroad and historic bridge kept. Historic Rhine River crossing in Germany restored and reopened. And we will look at what will become the climatic decision on the future of the Bismarck-Mandan Railroad Bridge as the case goes to the Supreme Court. Now the news. Nevada City, California. Nevada County officials are looking at options to replace a historic bridge spanning the South Yuba River on the west end of Lake Tahoe National Forest. The Edwards Crossing Bridge is a steel deck truss bridge with Pratt features spanning the river on North Bloomfield Road, 25 miles north of Nevada City. The 168-foot-long bridge was built in 1904 and is eligible for listing on the National Register. Because of its weight limit and given its geographical location with steep hills and sharp curves, combined with difficulties with getting rescue crews to their destinations, the county is looking at ways to replace the bridge with a two-lane steel and concrete structure. Two options have been presented. The first one is to have a crossing alongside the historic bridge. Another is to have a higher structure built upstream which would feature a straightened road. Because of the bridge's historical significance and its popularity among hikers and cyclists, the structure would remain in place and eventually be rehabilitated and converted into a pedestrian and bike crossing. The county is collaborating with Caltrans as to which option would be the most feasible. The final design would be presented by next summer, with construction expected to begin by the latest 2026. The new bridge is set to open in 2030. An overview of the project can be found in the Chronicles News Flyer. Just click on the heading and you'll be directed to the project website. Sayer, Pennsylvania Work will begin soon on replacing an historic bridge located alongside the Susquehanna River. The Thomas Avenue Bridge features a combination pin-connected and welded Pratt through-truss bridge with a length of 165 feet long and a width of 11 feet. Its portable features consist of a W-frame supported by subdivided 45-degree heel bracings. Built in 1892, the bridge spans Cayuta Creek just east of the railroad yard and two miles south of the New York border and neighboring city Waverly. The structure was once a railroad crossing before it was converted into a street crossing. Because of its narrowness, age, and structural issues, work will begin to remove the bridge and replace it with a two-lane structure. The project is expected to be completed by the end of July of next year, weather permitting. Detours will be provided. It is unknown how much the replacement bridge will cost. Bradford County has lost over half its historic bridges within the past 15 years, Many of them were through truss bridges built between 1880 and 1920. 
The most famous bridges lost were the Ulster Bridge in 2007, which was once the longest bridge over the Susquehanna River in northern Pennsylvania. Also gone are the truss bridges at Travis Road, Pale Factory, and Luther's Mill, just to name a few. Three more bridges are also slated for replacement in the near future, including the Kelly Bridge, as well as the Mulsherville Crossing. Check out Nathan Holt's website as it has a tour guide on Bradford County's bridges. Click on the link and it's available in the Newsflyer article. Dune, Scotland Work is currently underway to repair a nearly 500-year-old bridge that was hit by a car recently. The Bridge of Teeth is a two-span stone arch bridge spanning the river bearing the bridge's name just outside the village of Dune, located 9 miles west of Stirling and 45 miles west of Edinburgh. The bridge was built in 1535 by Robert Spiddle, who was a tailor to Queen Margaret, rival to Queen Elizabeth I of England. A chapel was constructed next to the bridge, but only a small section of the building still remains. It was widened in 1866. It's a grade-A structure, according to Historic Scotland, and is considered the oldest bridge in the country that still carries the Trunk Highway. It carries a Row 28. On the morning of September 28th, a car struck the bridge, causing damage to the parapet and the bridge's retaining wall. No one was injured in the accident, but it was not the first time the bridge had been hit by a car. A temporary fence was erected to ensure motorists who used the bridge be careful while the repairs were undertaken. Masonry repair work has been ongoing since the end of October and is expected to be completed by the end of this month. The repairs were approved by Historic Scotland, which oversees historic structures. Travelers should use caution and consider alternatives during that time. At the same time, preliminary studies are on, underway to find possible alternative routes over the River Teeth for the purpose of safety and the protection of the town's historic sites, bridges included. We'll keep you posted on the latest there. And now the headlines. A historic bridge in Minnesota is now in its new home. Washington County purchased the Peterson Bridge, also known as the Eden Bridge, in 2021. The 1918 structure features a two-span riveted worn pointing truss bridge that used to span the Minnesota River between Fort Ridgely State Park and the city of Franklin. The move was delayed due to COVID and as a consequence, the lack of funding and manpower to relocate the structure to its new home. However, the 135-mile move was completed in the wee hours of the morning on Friday. The structure will be rehabilitated and reused as a bike and pedestrian crossing. No word on where the spans will be placed permanently once the restoration is done. The summary of the move can be found in the Chronicles. The debate on the future of the Middlebrook Trust Bridge in Ontario, Canada is still ongoing. The Camelback Through Trust Bridge was built in 1908, connecting Wellington and Woolwich Township. It was closed down to all traffic in 2020 due to structural deterioration. This has resulted in the creation of a group that wants to save and reopen the bridge for pedestrians. At a council meeting on October 30th, estimates for the bridge were given and it was revealed that it would cost $2 million to restore the bridge and open it to pedestrians. $600,000 would be needed to remove it completely, but there's no information on the cost for replacing the bridge for vehicle traffic. The truss bridge is scheduled to be removed by 2028, which provides a window of opportunity to seek out plans and ideas on how to proceed from there. We'll keep you posted. In Wellington, New Zealand, one key crossing may be coming down for cost reasons. The City to Sea Bridge was built in 1993 and is located at Civic Square. It was a primary crossing for pedestrians wanting to get to the harbor from downtown. 
Recently, the Wellington City Council announced plans to cut more than $107 million from its 10-year budget for a civic square and at the same time tear down the structure plus the adjacent Capital E building. The bridge needs over $52 million in structural repairs as it endured several structural issues from rotting wood to cracks in the concrete. If and when the bridge would be removed and whether the plans will be met with stiff resistance remains open. And in Los Angeles, a fire broke out at a pellet yard on Saturday, causing significant damage to an important artery. It happened at the 1700 block of East 14th Street after a pellet yard under the freeway caught fire and spread to a second pellet yard, damaging the freeway overpass and destroying several vehicles, including a fire truck. The Interstate 10 freeway viaduct is closed until further notice after the blaze caused significant damage to the steel beams holding the structure underneath. The freeway is over 50 years old and has survived the Los Angeles earthquake of 1994 with moderate damage. The cause of the blaze is ruled arson and the police is investigating who was behind the fire. Traffic has been diverted to the adjacent freeways through downtown. The governor of California has declared the area a disaster area and both he and the mayor of Los Angeles have both recommended that people either work from home or use public transport until the viaduct is repaired. There is no timeline as to when the work will begin. Now back to the news. Buenos Aires, Argentina. A colossal restoration work of the railroad line between the capital and a key region may help one of the two presidential candidates win in the runoff elections. Work has been ongoing to restore a rail line between Buenos Aires and the region of Tucumán, and with that it includes restoration of a century-old bridge over the River Sali. The bridge features multiple spans of Latisse deck truss bridges, and its construction dates back to the 1890s. The bridge and the line were both shut down in 2019 due to high costs for maintenance. Yet, since this past summer, work has been ongoing to reactivate the line with the goal of having trains use it by the end of the month. The bridge over the River Sali was restored span by span off-site before being erected on the new piers. Transportation Minister Diego Giuliano was on hand a few weeks ago as the last restored span was put into place. In addition to that, 52 other crossings were either restored or rebuilt on the line that is to pass through cities like Tucumán, Santiago de Estero, Santa Fe, Cordova, Mendoza, San Juan, San Luis, Antarios, and Corrientes. Juliana works under the current party of the Union por la Patria, whose candidate Sergio Massa is facing off against Xavier Malay of the Liberal Populist Party in the second and final round of the presidential elections scheduled to take place on November 19th. Massa won in the first round on October 22nd and has promised to reactivate and expand rail and public transportation systems in the country to encourage residents to consider alternatives to the car. He supports subventions and other programs for it. Malai, however, is the exact opposite. If he was to win, the railroads would be privatized, claiming that they are the work of the British who had a large influence in the region during the 19th and 20th centuries and that private companies and not the government should operate them. The winner will replace the outgoing president and vice presidents. Incoming President Alberto Fernandez and incumbent vice president and former president Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner were both eligible for re-election but have declined to run due to scandals and grave issues with the economy. The winner of the elections will be the first one and the first time in over decades that no direct descendants of the two families are in office. Bad of Germany an historic bridge spanning the River Rhine has been restored and reopened, 
but it's not the one spanning the main waterway, it's just the old branch. But it's also a key player in World War II. The Grafenwehr Arch Bridge was built in 1911 and features five spans of concrete and stone arch with a total length of 130 meters, connecting the island of Grafenwehr with the city of North Rhine-Westphalia. It's approximately 250 meters away from the train station. The bridge was built by Otto Monstein and was part of the plan by Carl Henrici to turn the island into a recreational area, which today features a forest, hiking trails, swimming pool, and mini golf. Plans to destroy the bridge in March of 1945 were foiled as the city architect stopped the plan before it was executed. Germany had all but one of its bridges along the River Rhine destroyed by the end of March of 1945, either through air raids or through attempts by Nazis to blow every crossing to stall the Allied troops from moving towards Berlin, the process which proved to be futile when Germany surrendered all the troops on May 25, 1945 in Flensburg. Only the Ludendorff Bridge at Remagen, located south of this bridge, stood only to collapse on its own when American troops crossed it on March 17th. Repairs were made to the bridge at Bad Honef in the 1950s, and it was subsequently restored extensively in 1973. The bridge underwent a much-needed repair to the arches, decking, and parapets, costing the city of Bad Honef 3.2 million euros, of which 525,000 euros came from grants from different organizations. This project lasted two years. For safety reasons due to water damage to the arches, the bridge is only open with a 16-ton weight limit. This is a preventive measure to ensure no overweight vehicles can cross it. The structure has reopened since November 4th, and the name of the bridge has remained as is, serving as a memorial to those who saved the bridge from being one of the victims of war. And while we're talking about saving the bridge, our last story in this podcast takes us to Bismarck and a court case that may be bigger than the one at Frank J. Wood Memorial Bridge in Maine, as it looks at a much bigger bridge. We're looking at the Bismarck Bandit Bridge, a three-span Pennsylvania through-trust bridge spanning the Missouri River that was built in 1883 by Robert Morrison and rebuilt in 1905. Since 2017, there has been an ongoing battle between Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railways, which claim ownership of the bridge and wants to replace the bridge on one hand, and the Friends of the Bismarck-Mandan River Bridge, who claims that the bridge is under ownership of the state and wants the historic structure to stand alongside its replacement, to be used as a pedestrian and recreational crossing. The organization claims that because of a couple of constitutional provisions, the bridge and the land belong to the state of North Dakota. While cranes are lining up to start work on the bridge, the project has been stalled as the matter is being taken to the North Dakota Supreme Court. The justices will then hear the case on November 19th and determine the verdict. If the bridge does indeed belong to the state, then Burlington Northern Santa Fe will have two options. It can either appeal on the federal level, which could mean a trip to the U.S. Supreme Court in Washington if needed. The other option is to build a new span on a new alignment and give the historic bridge to the state, which can reuse it whatever needed. If the ruling favors the railroad, work will proceed immediately and will feature the same procedure as done on the Merchants Railroad Bridge in St. Louis, meaning the trusses will be swapped on stone piers and construction will be done on redoing the approach spans. Already, the North Dakota Historical Society plans to create a plaza dedicated to the historic bridge in Mandad should the railroad wins the court ruling. It will feature an exhibit of the bridge and parts from the original span. A grant has been accepted for that project. You can find a three-part series on this battle for the bridge and its climax in the news flyer. 
Click on the link and you'll be directed to the story behind the bridge. We have a pair of reminders for you as we approach the end of this month. You have one week to submit your bridge hunting stories for our series to be showcased in December. Click on the link and use the email address to submit your bridge stories, photos and bridge location included. The deadline is November 20th at 11.59pm Central Time. You have two more weeks to submit your candidates for this year's Bridge Hunter Awards. There's a link for that as well. Click on that and use the contact information and email address to submit your candidates there. Please keep in mind for best bridge photos, I will take JPEG format only. It is open to everyone and you may enter as many candidates in as many categories as possible. The deadline there is December 1st at 11.59pm local time. The voting will then proceed afterwards. As a reminder, subscribe to the Bridge Hunters Chronicles directly on the web, in the social media pages, and wherever you can get your podcasts. That's it for the Bridge Hunters Chronicles News Flyer for this week. I'm Jason Smith, and remember, your bridge matters. Catch you next week, and until then, happy bridge hunting and happy trails till we meet again. Bye now.